Hey guys, it's Simi, and this is Brussling Unlimited, as we are here on the, what's today, 11th of August, 2021, to talk about everything that went down tonight on AEW Dynamite. Now, I would say that this was an alright episode of Dynamite. There wasn't anything, really, that I hated, but there wasn't anything that I loved as well, so to be honest... I thought tonight's Dynamite was just an average show and announced a couple of big things. But in all actuality and retrospect, it was a run-of-the-mill average episode of AEW Dynamite, to be completely, completely honest. But with that, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Remember, if you are watching on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways, either by hitting that donate button down below or donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can subscribe to the channel here on Twitch one of two different ways. You can subscribe either with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime because if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a number of different things like DLC stuff for games, sometimes even free games, but they always give you one free subscription to any Twitch channel that you want to subscribe to throughout the month, and I greatly appreciate it if you used it on us here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also, we're three followers away from hitting 1,000 here on Twitch, so if you haven't hit that follow button yet, come on, what are you waiting for? Hit that follow button so we hit that 1,000 follower mark here on Twitch. On the flip side, if you're watching over on YouTube, you can help us out in the live chat with either a super chat or a super sticker donation. All super chats do get read live on the air. And remember to join us, sign up as a channel member to get early access to news, exclusive news, early access to non-news videos, podcast episodes, and so much more. Also remember, if you miss any of this podcast or any other podcast we do, you can check those out on all the different audio platforms. If you don't want to watch the video like Apple Podcast. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Anchor.fm, and so many more. But with that, we've got AEW Dynamite to talk about. The show started off with a memorial in memorial graphic for the late great Bobby Eaton. MJF is seen backstage with Wardlow cutting a promo on Chris Jericho. He said. The Jericho worked hard as he had only to be stopped an arm's length away from the finish line by Wardlow. If somehow Jericho vanquishes Wardlow and he goes through all the labors, then MJF is that final labor. Wardlow then stated that he'd beat Jericho no matter what. MJF challenged him and said, quote, yeah, like you beat like you beat Cody in the cage. That was some foreshadowing. And it was kind of like, Wardlow, you're my guy, but when it's big time, you can't get it done. So we handed Wardlow an apple that he was already eating, and Wardlow crushed it in his hand. So next up, we had 10-man tag team action. No, six-man tag team action. It was the elite Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks with Brandon Cutler and Michael Nakazawa against Matt and Mike Seidel and Dante Martin. 
So as the elite are making their way down to the ring, we hear, I think it was Excalibur, says, I'm just getting breaking news from one Tony Khan. He has informed me that the AEW World Heavyweight Championship will be defended at All Out when, when Kenny Omega defends against the number one ranked contender, Christian Cage. And I go, eh, still a line from Tony Schiavone? <laughs> That'll put butts in seats. Like, who really cares about Christian versus Omega? I don't. And I got more to say on this once we get through this match and the post-match angle as well. This match is great. Dante Martin is fucking fantastic. I'm going to say that right now. Early on, the Seidel's established control against Matt Jackson. Nick tagged in, but was taken down with a dropkick from Martin, who also sent Matt Jackson packing with a uh, Tyrus. Omega then cut him off. Martin's offense was stopped for a little bit as he was sent to the floor. Martin at one point hit a wacky assisted dive on the elite on the floor, followed by a diving crossbody onto Matt Jackson for a two. Omega swatted away a dropkick attempt from Mike and cut him off with an assist from the Bucks. The elite beat down Mike Seidel, repeatedly tagging in and out. An assisted Kataro Crusher got a two. Matt Seidel finally got the hot tag and ran wild on everyone. He also hit a Northern Lights bomb for a two on Matt Jackson. The Seidels then applied a Cobra Clutch, a Moodle Lock combination, but Omega broke it up with a Snapdragon Suplex. Martin then came in with innovative offense before finally tagging back and hitting 10 punches in the corner. He landed a top rope uh, Tope Suicida on Omega, followed by a diving Hurricane Rana. There's a double springboard moonsault that also looked good on Matt Jackson for a near fall. And Dante Martin, what can I say about this kid? He looked fantastic. Yet, we had a parade of big moves, which concluded with Omega hitting a V-trigger. This was followed by a second V-trigger. Martin fought out of a one-winged angel attempt, but was met with another V-trigger. Martin rolled up Omega repeatedly, but was cut off with yet another V-trigger before the one-winged angel and the BTE trigger to pick up the victory. Don Callis was on commentary the whole time, and they're doing the whole, we don't like Don Callis on commentary thing. And after the match, Callis was about to cut a promo when they're interrupted by Christian Cage. Callis called him a Stanford, Stamford Stooge. Callis pointed out that the numbers are in their advantage. It's 10 to 1, and out would come Jurassic Park, or Jurassic Express, not Jurassic Park. So it's still 10 to 3, because I didn't, correct me if I'm wrong, Marco didn't come out. Jurassic Express come out, and we get the commercial break. Once back, Callus tried to put over Christian as we got some loud boos and some CM Punk chants. Also, yes chants. Callus asked if Christian was nervous. Christian said, quote, are you finished? You carny piece of shit? Actually, we're in Pittsburgh, so maybe I'll just call you a jag-off. Had to Google it, never heard of a jag-off before. Christian said, I talked to Tony Khan today. And yes... I will be getting a shot at all out for the AEW World Championship, but in talking to Tony Khan, Impact official Scott Demore was there as well. And the all out's not going to be the first time we meet because this Friday, not only on the debut of Rampage, but in the opening match, the first ever match on Rampage, it will be myself, Christian Cage, against you, Kenny Omega, for the Impact 
World Championship. And my first thought was, are you fucking kidding me? Because if this was WWE announcing a match for this week that was already announced to be taking place in three weeks, people would be shitting all over it. Oh, you can't come up with anything creative. You got to do the same match twice in less than a month. What the fuck? Like, I tweeted, this was WWE doing this, the same match, less than three weeks apart. People would rip it a new one. And as soon as I tweeted that, bing, 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 I'm getting notifications on people. Oh, but it's AEW. There's a plan. We got to let it play out. AEW does things the right way. Fuck off. If this was WWE, not only just doing the same matches within a month's span. Yes, I know WWE sometimes does a match one week and then the same match next week. And people get pissed off when they do a match one week and then the same match a couple of weeks later. But WWE doesn't announce that they're doing the same match twice in less than a month within a 20-minute time period. But the fans... They got to get on their fucking AEW bullshit. They got to ride that fucking AEW dick and go, but this ain't WWE. We got to let it play out. They do things better. They do things the right way. They always have a plan. Yeah, okay. But to be honest, I think the honest, God honest truth, I think Christian wins on Friday. I think Christian Cage wins on Friday and becomes the brand new Impact World Champion. He can then go on to all out and lose to Kenny Omega and then go on and defend that title against somebody at Bound for Glory because God knows Kenny's ran through everybody. So, well, almost everybody. So, there's a number of guys that's now new matchups for Kenny Omega. Sammy Callahan, Moose, Eddie Edwards, fuck it, Jay White that can now go out and challenge Christian at Bound for Glory. I mean... Fuck it. Give me Christian versus Moose. Moose wins the title of Bound for Glory. Bada bing, bada boom. You can't have Moose win the title of Bound for Glory if Kenny's the champion because Kenny's already beat him at no surrender. But in all honesty, I think Christian, and I'll eat my words if I'm wrong on Friday, but Christian wins the title on Friday, becomes the new Impact World Champion, and then goes on to lose to Kenny Omega. He ain't winning it at all out. Like, you can, you can, I'll put a million dollars on that one. Christian Cage will not walk out of All Out, AEW World Champion. Before the segment ended, though, Jungle Boy would grab the mic and go, hey, hold on, hold on. We spoke with Tony Khan, too. We're the number one contenders for those World Tag Team Championships. So next week, not at All Out, but next week on AEW Dynamite, we will be challenging the Young Bucks for the tag titles. Going forward, they aired a Malachi Black video. Black addressed Cody saying that they were both lonely. He produced Cody's boots and said Cody had, quote, one foot in the grave. He ended by referencing God. Commentary after this, they said that they don't know when Cody Rhodes is going to be back. They don't know how long Cody's going to be out, but Cody is hurt. And Cody now needs to take some time off. Cody will be back in like less than two months. He's going to film Go Big Show with fucking, Wiz, not Wiz Khalifa, with uh, DJ Khaled because Snoop didn't want to come back. 
Um, next up, we had Darby Allen versus Daniel Garcia. Before the match, there was an inset promo where Garcia said that he would have won last week had Moxley and Kingston not interfered. And 2.0 said, Sting better not get involved because I'll whoop his old ass. Next up, Darby Allen versus Daniel Garcia. This is a pretty good match. Neither man. Why did my Alexa just go off? Anyways, neither man could establish the advantage early on as they performed technical chain wrestling. First real action of the match was when Garcia kicked Allen off the top rope. Allen went for a Fujiwara armbar, but Garcia reached the ropes to break the hole. A distraction from 2.0 allowed Garcia to take control. And there was a hard whip in the corner to Darby. Back from a commercial break, Garcia was targeting Darby's arm, his left arm. Allen avoided a corner attack, but another 2.0 distraction allowed Garcia to knock Allen off the top rope again. A hammerlock back suplex from Garcia got a two. Garcia applied a ground a grounded leg Nelson, but Allen's foot reached the ropes to break the hold again. There was a chop to the back by Garcia to Allen, which fired Darby up. He then started laying in some slaps. Allen countered a suplex into a coffin drop. Garcia caught it and applied a rear naked choke. Allen jackknifed out of the hold, hit a stunner, landed a coffin drop, and picked up the victory. So after the match, 2.0 started attacking, down, started attacking Allen when Sting came to make the save. He beat down 2.0. Sting then hit a suplex on the ramp to one of them, and then they scared off Garcia before the segment ended. We send it to the back where we got the death triangle. Phoenix tried to fire Pack up, but Penta said he wanted Andrade first. Pack told them not to worry and told them to focus on the tag titles. Pack then addressed Andrade and said that they had no idea. They have no idea why he's obsessed with death triangle. If Andrade still has a problem, Pack's ready to fight anywhere, anytime. Then we had a match that I really never got into and didn't never care about. It was Matt Hardy and Private Party against Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, and Wheeler Yuta. Like, I just couldn't get into this match at all. There was nothing in this match that I was like, all right, cool, yep, nope. Cassidy did his shtick early on, but was met by repeated deletes from Hardy. He rolled Hardy up but Hardy immediately hit a side effect for a two. Hardy went for a dive. Cassidy rolled out of the way and hit a lazy splash. Cassidy targeted, uh, tagged in. Uh, Isaiah Cassidy, that is, tagged in. And Orange Cassidy fought off both members of Private Party before assisting Yuta, who hit a modified angle slam for a two. Also, I congratulate Matt Hardy. So apparently, on July 11th, which is my son's birthday, Matt Hardy and Rebby had their first baby girl. But then yesterday, Rebby took to Twitter and just tweeted hashtag or number five. And it was revealed that yes, the Hardys are having another kid. Baby number five. Matt got her pregnant less than a month after she had the, the fourth kid. Those two just stay banging. Like, damn. But congratulations to the Hardys, Matt and Rebby, who will be having another child. Baby number five. Let me say it again. Baby number five. I mean, they got enough space there at the compound for all these kids, so 
Why not? Um, at one point, Private Party hit the silly string on Cassidy ahead of a break. Once back, Yuta fought off a double team from Private Party. Back from a break, that is. Uh, multiple distractions led to Nyla Rose running out and leveling Chris Statlander, her opponent, for later on in the night. Jack Evans would then come out and attack Cassidy, and I'm just like, fuck. They d- it ain't AEW if, there's a bunch of outside- if there isn't a bunch of outside interference. Wheeler Yuta finally reached Taylor for the hot tag who ran wild before taking out the blade and Angelico with a dive. Remember, those fuckers aren't even in the match. Chuck a T powerbomb Quinn onto Cassidy, Isaiah Cassidy, before hitting a spinning Liger bomb on Quinn for a two. Orange Cassidy then hit a tornado DDT on Hardy, followed by a tope. Taylor then tagged in Yuta, who hit a top rope splash for a two. Cassidy got a blind tag and hit a swanton bomb for a two. Private Party then hit the gin and juice on Yuta, but Orange Cassidy broke up the pin and hit the orange, orange punch on Isaiah Cassidy. Hardy then tagged in and hit a twist of fate on Yuta to pick up the win, so Matt Hardy pins Wheeler Yuta to pick up the victory. So in the back, we got Andrade and Chavo Guerrero being interviewed by Dasha, Dasha Gonzalez in AEW. I always forget. It's Dasha Gonzalez. We're going to call her Dasha. Called Pac ungrateful. Chavo suggested maybe the two should fight it all out. Andrade should teach Pac a lesson at all out. He said, you're the boss and Pac needs to learn it. Andrade goes, well, hold on. I know I'm the boss. And Chavo goes, I know you know, but Pac doesn't understand this. Got a video package from Santana and Ortiz. They said FDR, quote, Went home too early at the first sign of danger. And I don't know if it's the first time they've actually shown the exact moment when Cash Wheeler got hurt, but oh my God, does that look bad. He's on the top rope. He gets pushed off. He's falling down, goes to grab the turnbuckle, and his arm gets caught on the hook or whatever. And when you see the video and they pause it and his flesh is being yanked like this, the way... Oh, God. It looks so painful. So painful. But them saying that they, quote, went home too early at the first sign of danger doesn't make sense in all actuality because Cash Wheeler's really fucking hurt. Cash Wheeler's really not cleared to compete. It ain't that, oh, they took their ball and ran in storyline or anything like, or in real life or anything like that or whatnot. No, he can't wrestle because he's fucking hurt. But they keep doing these little videos because the rematch will be coming eventually. When? I don't know. Because as of right now, they don't know when cash will be cleared. Next, there'll be a Chris Statlander with Orange Cassidy against Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero. This was just a match. Nothing special at all. Rose attacked for the bell, and Statlander briefly gained control. Um, Rose hit a German suplex, but Statlander avoided the follow-up and hit a pendulum moonsault off the apron. Cassidy and Vicky had a little face-to-face where Vicky screamed in Orange Cassidy's ear. Rose used that distraction to choke slam Statlander on the apron. Rolled her into the ring and got a two off of it. Statlander was then draped over the top rope, 
but got out of it with a handstand to avoid the leg drop. Nyla Rose then speared Chris Statlander. This is a new one. I do have to give these whoever came up with this spot credit. This was very clever. I've never seen something like this before where somebody's in a handstand and then gets speared. Great way to get out of that drape over the top rope to avoid the leg drop, but also great way to follow up that that escape with a spear. Whoever came up with that spot, kudos, or should I say, kudos. Stalander then fought out of the corner, uh, fought out of a corner attack and hit a power bomb, followed by an area four fifty one to pick up the victory in about four minutes or so. In the back, the young bucks are cutting a promo on Jurassic Express. They're there with Brandon Cutler. They said next week, going to be as easy as a layup. Nick grabbed the basketball, went to do a layup, but was stuffed by Luchasaurus. If you don't know what stuffed means, it means as he was going up for the layup, Luchasaurus ran in and just smacked that ball out of his hand. Jungle Boy would catch the ball, run around Matt Jackson, and dunk it. Basically saying, hey, got the advantage in the mind. Then got a video package for Britt Baker versus Red Velvet. This match will be taking place this coming Friday on the debut of Rampage with the AEW Women's World Championship on the line. Basically, um, Chris, um, basically, um, Red Velvet said that when she came to AEW, she was a nobody. Nobody knew who she was. She worked to get people to know who she were. She scratched and clawed to make it up to being the number one contender. They then did the line where they said she's 24 and something or other, or 22 and four. But if you look at the AEW stats, no, you ain't, honey. No, you ain't. Baker then said that she's defending the title on her turf. This then led to Britt Baker coming out and being interviewed by Tony Schiavone. Baker got a great reaction from the hometown crowd. They all had the ter- the Britt Baker terrible towels. They even showed her parents sitting in the front row. Baker asked. Baker was asked about Red Velvet. Baker said she couldn't comment on Velvet's rise to the top because, well, can't relate. She was just always at the top. So she's always been the division, the number one, and she's going to step up in Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh needs a champion. Baker said that Red Velvet may have some hope if they were in another city, but this Friday, it's Baker versus Velvet in the main event of the first ever episode of Rampage. He said, quote, let's give them a little taste of what they're going to see. And still, your AEW Women's World Champion, Dr. Britt Baker. And the crowd went, D-M-D. This that led to Red Velvet coming out and attacking the champ, leading to officials pulling him apart. It was all right. Baker is a great promo. I will say that. I would. I don't know if this is true, but probably learned a lot from her boyfriend Adam Cole, who's one of the best speakers in all of professional wrestling. I think Adam Cole is one of the best people on a microphone in all of pro wrestling, and so he's got to have given her some tips and pointers and and whatnots. So Brian Cage, Ricky Starks video promo uh, promo video aired. I guess they're gonna face next week. It's how it sounded, but it wasn't officially announced to my knowledge. 
Next up, the Impact Tag Team Championships were on the line when the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows, with Brandon Culler, defended against the Dark Order's Evil Uno and Stu Grayson with Colt Cabana. Also, Impact EVP Scott D'Amore was on commentary. Notably, the only Dark Order member, like I stated, that came out with them was Colt Cabana. They said there's slight tension right now in the Dark Order. Before the match even starts, Grayson took out the three members of the Elite with the Tope Con Grio over the top rope. It was a double team from Dark Order that led to a jackknife pin from Grayson for a two. Cutler pulled Uno off the ring apron, but Cabana took him out. Frankie Kazarian ran out and met Cutler on the apron with a clothesline and pulled him to the back. Gallows beat down Uno on the floor ahead of a commercial break. Uno hit a Hurricane Rana to reach Grayson for the hot tag. Grayson suplexed. Grayson suplexed both good brothers before hitting a twisting springboard moonsault. Got a two off of it and Gallows tagged in. Grayson fought out of a fireman's carry and tried to lift Gallows, but the big man was just a little too big for him. Gallows, or Grayson, hit a double Pele kick to both Gallows and Anderson. Dark Order then hit some more double team moves like an overhead suplex. There was a cannonball 450 splash combo and that got a two. Dark Order then went for the fatality, but Gallows cut it off. Grayson fought out of a magic killer and hit an assisted tope on Gallows before Uno hit a flatliner on Anderson. They went for a fatality again, but a belt distraction allowed Anderson to hit the gun stun, followed by the magic killer, who went and retained. I also think, and I could be wrong here, I think Frankie Kazarian ran out to attack Cutler at one point as well, but I'm not 100% sure. I can't remember if that was in this match or the six-man tag. Camille then cut a video ahead of her NWA Women's World Championship title defense against Layla Hirsch. She said, Hirsch, no match for her. Then we got a really weird segment that I don't know where this is leading to. QT Marshall and the factory are in the ring with Tony Schiavone. QT said that, you know, Tony hasn't given him a, a thank you or a, an apology, and maybe he sh he's not going to give one to Tony either. He then said, Tony's son is in the front row. Nick, go get him. And he brought Tony Schiavone's son into the ring. He's like, Tony, is this your son? He says he wants to be a wrestler. Well, how about this? And he punches him in the gut. So Nick Camarado's holding Tony Schiavone back like, what the fuck is Tony going to do? As Aaron Solo has, I think his name is Christian Schiavone. QT then says, you want to give me an apology now? And Tony's like, fine, fine. I apologize for all of it. Just stop. And Marshall then gave a diamond cutter, which they called the stunner, to Shivani's son anyways. Then the music of Paul White would hit, and that would come the big man. He got in the ring. He stepped up to all three members of the factory. QT Marshall then threw Aaron Solo at right at White. And Nick Camarado, QT Marshall, dip, dipped out of the ring as Aaron Solo took a choke slam from Paul White. The whole time, White was staring at Marshall. So I think maybe we're going to get QT Marshall versus Paul White. Maybe Paul White versus Nick Camarado, but I think the better move would be QT Marshall against Paul White. Going forward, we got some lineups for the next two shows. First off, opening up this Friday's uh, A to B Rampage. 
It'll be Kenny Omega against Christian Cage with the Impact World Championship on the line. The TNT title will be on the line when Miro defends against Fuego Del Sol, but also if Fuego is successful in capturing the TNT title, which this fucker isn't going to, we'll get an AEW contract. Also in the main event, AEW Women's World Championship will be on the line when Dr. Britt Baker defends against Red Velvet. Now, I don't think any more matches get announced. It's a one-hour show. Maybe they had like a two-minute squash or something, but I doubt that. I think it's just going to be these three matches. It could maybe add one more, but we'll see. Line up for next week's AEW Dynamite, and I want to say Houston, Texas. AEW World Tag Team Championships will be on the line when the Young Bucks defend against Jurassic Express. Darby Allen and Sting will be in action when they take on 2.0 in a Texas Tornado match. And Tony Schiavone goes, Oh, Sting's actually going to wrestle. And finally, Sean Spears will be taking on Sammy Guevara, and they stated that in his hometown, Sammy will be making a major announcement. This is probably going to be a letdown because any announcement by AEW is called a, quote, major announcement, even if it's not. Even if it's not. It's called overhyping your bullshit. We then... Very rarely do we get stuff from Darker Dark Elevation. But we got something, and I liked them showing this. We got a video from Dark Elevation where Sonny Kiss was coming out for a match. His tag team partner, Joey Janela, was with him. But Joey Janela turned on Sonny Kiss and attacked him. So Joey Janela is now heel. Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss no longer tag team partners. I liked that they showed that. They need to do stuff like this more. If things are meant to be important on Dark and Dark Elevation, then you need to show us at least a two, 90 second, two minute clip on, di- on Dynamite. That way we know, oh crap, that means something. It took place on Dark Elevation, but for them to show it on Dynamite, even though it was only like a 90 second to two minute clip, this is going to mean something. Like, if somebody gets a big win, and they're going to be, like, say Red Velvet has been picking up wins on, on Dark. Then give us a 90-second clip where it's Red Velvet going, you know what, I'm now the number one ranked contender, but this is why I'm the number one ranked contender. Don't just have her come out here and say, I've got a seven-match winning streak. Show us that she's got a seven-match winning streak. Give us the hits. Give us the quick hits of, boom, I beat this person. Boom, I beat this person. Boom, I beat this person. And now... I'm coming after that title. This is why I'm able to come after the title. Don't just show up and go, I won seven matches. I'm going to challenge you for the belt. Okay, but it doesn't matter if you don't show it on Dynamite. If you don't show it on the main show that everybody watches, I get we're supposed to think that every show is on the same playing level, the same plane, the same level, but we know it ain't. We know it ain't because not everybody watches Dark and Dark Elevation. Dark and Dark Elevation can do Three four hundred thousand views on YouTube, but Dynamite's doing a million views on TNT right now. Look at that difference in viewership. You've got like seven hundred thousand people potentially that didn't see Dark or Dark Elevation and don't know that X wrestler turned on their tag team partner or or X wrestlers picked up a bunch of wins in a row and is now the number one ranked contender and is going to challenge. Excuse me for a championship. You need to give us more of these quick 90-second uh, dark deal, dark deals. I think it's needed more than just, 
hey, we put the we we put the results on the bottom of the screen, so so that should be good enough for you guys to know what happened on dark and dark elevation. It's not because I never pay attention to that. And by the time I realized, hey, that says dark elevation results, it's showing the last dad damn result from your eighteen match show. Also, a suggestion to AEW, which this might be something they're going to do. I don't know. But you've got Rampage filming on Friday nights, and it can't start until 10 p.m. Eastern. Typically, their tapings start at three hours before that, seven. So that's three hours where you can tape an episode of Dark or an episode of Dark Elevation so you don't have to tape both Dark and Dark Elevation on Wednesday after or before Dynamite. You don't have to have these super long, long tapings. I say you break them up. You do whichever show that week is supposed to be longer, tape it before Rampage on Friday. The other show, tape it before Dynamite on Wednesday. Simple as that. So in the main event, it was Chris Jericho against Wardlow with MJF at ringside. And if MJF gets to make the step saying that I will be at ringside to make sure this match is called fair and down the middle, then how can the fucking ref eject, try to eject him? Makes no sense if he's allowed to make the step to be whatever he wants. And he says, I will be at ringside to make sure this match is called the way I want. Then how the fuck... Is he going to get ejected by the ref? I get it. That's how him being at ringside didn't just lead to Jericho getting screwed, but Jericho winning. But it makes no sense. If he says, I make the stipulation, I get to do whatever I want, then how the fuck can the ref eject him? Again, AW, what the fuck? More nonsensical bullshit. As soon as the match starts, Jericho went right after Wardlow. It was immediately overpowered and beaten down. And Jericho got the ever-loving piss beat out of him for 95% of this match. Not much to talk about. Jericho got sent to the floor. Suplexed repeatedly by Wardlow. Thrown into the barricade. Drove into the ring post. After the commercial break, what's happening? Wardlow's in control. Powerbomb. Second powerbomb. More powerbombs after another break. Jericho tried fighting back with a chop. Wardlow cut him off. Hit an F10. MJF then said, finish him. Jericho caught Wardlow with a draping knee lift. He applied the walls. MJF then raked Jericho's eyes, forcing a break of the walls. MJF then entered the ring, and the referee said, you're ejected. Get out of here. Leave ringside area. And I go, Aubrey, you can't do that. Jericho then produced Floyd the Bat as the referee was dealing with MJF. He hit Wardlow in the head with it. Hit the Judas effect, bada bing, bada boom. Jericho picks up the victory and then is immediately attacked by Sean Spears. Sammy Guevara runs out, makes the save. MJF then locks on the salt of the earth on Jericho. Hager would run out, sent the pinnacle packing. MJF then goes, you did it, Jericho. Somehow you did it. You got to the fifth labor, me, next week. And the stipulation means you can't use something that has helped you win every match thus far. You can't hit the Judas effect. You don't have Judas. You will come out with no entrance music, and if you hit your move, the Judas effect, you will be disqualified, and I will win. Because not only am I better than you, I am your successor. 
Maxwell, Jacob, Friedman. All of this buildup for this bullshit? All it is is a regular match where Jericho can't hit the juice effect? Okay, then Jericho fucking taps him out with the walls. You don't even add a real step like Street Fighter, Cage, or barbed wire ropes or something. Nope. Just like this match was stupid as fuck. Made no sense to be a special match where MGF can make the rules. Next week's a special match where MGF can make the rules, and it ain't nothing fucking special. Come on, AEW. Give us some creativity. Give us some creativity. When you say the five labors of Jericho and MJF gets to set all the stipulations, yet the final two matches are just singles matches. Actually, the final three matches. Actually, four of the five matches are just singles matches. One of them, a weapon was allowed to be used by one guy. Cool. Okay. But then another one was Jericho must win by using her move off the top rope. Well, okay. What's special about that? Jericho's going to take on Wardlow. But there's no real stip because MJF's at ringside. We can still get ejected. Oh, and then the final match is Jericho can't come out with his music? This is the stupidest fucking creative I've seen and I'm talking about in a while. Like, this is the dumbest creativity. You could have got really creative with this bullshit and they didn't. They didn't. They went plain as fuck. Plain as fuck with most of these matches. If these four matches were supposed to give me hype for MJF and Jericho, which is just a singles match, like, who the fuck cares? This guy don't at all. But with that, that was AEW Dynamite. Just an average run-of-the-mill episode of Dynamite that built up to Rampage this Friday. Two matches for All Out. And three matches for next week's Dynamite. But with that, guys, now I want to know what you thought of tonight's show. Check the polls. Remember, you could text into 510-906-1341 to let me know what you thought. 100% of you liked it within the Twitch poll. As far as the YouTube poll does go, though, 67% of you liked it. 19 thought it was all right, and 13% didn't like it. Before we go to the text messages, I got to tell you that this AEW Dynamite is brought to you by Homage. Need vintage wrestling shirts? Head over to homage.com slash WWE. One thing that you'll notice about Homage in their shirts is the quality and the comfort. They have a great, sizable collection of WWE designs that keeps growing all the time. But not only... Do they have WWE t-shirts, but they have t-shirts in all different genres as well. Basically, I'm telling you right now, Homage is going to become your favorite t-shirt brand. Use when using when shopping on when shopping at homage.com. Use the code PWUnlimited15 at checkout to get 15% off of your purchase. Also, use our link in the description below, PWUnlimited.co slash homage H M O A G. To support us here at Pro Wrestling Unlimited. When you go, when you go, go on their website and buy some stuff. Remember, use code PWUnlimited15 at checkout. Homage.com to get 15% off of your purchase.
All right, as far as the text messages do go, don't have many. Says, who do you see taking the AEW World Tag Titles off the Young Bucks? Not Jurassic Express. Versus says, what do you think of the announcements on Rampage? And who do you think will challenge the Bucks at All Out? That's a tough one. They're teasing Lucha Bros. Because they keep saying that they're focused on the tag titles. So we'll see. Versus says, is Vicky the Black Canary of AEW? Uh, no. Why would she be the Black Canary? If I'm thinking the same thing, you're thinking the character, the Arrow character, right? The DC character that was also on Arrow. Also in Birds of Prey, I want to say. Played by Jury Smollett. If that's what you're asking, huh? Do you know what Black Canary is? Obviously, from that question, you possibly don't. It says, Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega. Finally, my dream match is coming true. Well, you're the only one that thinks that, that it's a dream match. Because for this match to take place twice in a three-week three span. Ah, uh, an albino. And finally, this person says, do you think Sammy's announcement is him going after the TNT title or possibly leave the inner circle to go his separate way? I don't think it's either. I have no clue what it is. Honestly, it's probably going to be a fucking letdown. I could see it maybe being, oh, I want to challenge for the TNT title, maybe. But AEW's track record? AEW's track record? It's going to be a letdown. Because every time they say, we've got a major announcement coming next week, it's usually nothing. Like, the last major announcement was August 20th. We're running a show in Chicago. Yeah, that's cool for people in Chicago. And people that can afford to fly to Chicago, but for the majority of the fan base that just watches the shows at home, whatever. If they would have said, run a show in Chicago and see a Punkle debut, then that would have been a major announcement. But just to say we're running a show in Chicago, it's not that big of an announcement to me. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Remember to follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash pro wrestling ULTD. Follow us on Instagram by searching for pro wrestling unlimited and follow us on Twitter at PW unlimited. But with that guys, we will be back Friday for Friday night Smackdown and the debut of AEW rampage. So the Friday review, Friday review. If you're going to watch live, it's going to start an hour later than normal on Fridays. It's going to start the same time as the Monday review usually starts between 8 and 8.20 Pacific time. I have to preface that because I forget that not everybody's West Coast, Best Coast. So with that, at least for this week and next, we will be doing both SmackDown and Rampage on the same review. So with that, guys, have a great night, and I will see you next time.